Hi, and welcome to Western Rite Conversations, a podcast where two friends and converts discuss living their Orthodox faith in an unorthodox world. Here are your hosts, Karen and Stephanie. O Heavenly King, O Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who art in all places and fillest all things, treasury of blessings and giver of life, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every stain and save our souls, O gracious Lord. Normally, that's my favorite prayer, and because we've just repeated it so many times. Uh, I could say it a million times. I know. This is our third time trying to record this podcast. Take three. So we're just saying how I hate repeating myself. This is like annoying. Like I'm going to have the same conversation with you for the third time. Yes. I'm going to be like, I don't want to say this to you again. I already told you once. Right. And we have to pretend like we're interested in what the other person has to say. (laughs) Even though we already know how the story's going to (laughs) end. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. We're learning. Yes. <laughs> so today, purpose of the podcast for the third time <laughs> is to primarily to leave a legacy to the kids, to our children. Right. And this way they have something to listen to, review later on in life. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had something like this, you know. To refer to. Yeah, like in my grandparents' voice or in my parents' voice. Right. Where, especially after they're gone, mm-hmm. you know, you can hear their voice again. You can say, oh, yeah, they used to always say this or they used to always tell me that. And so, right. obviously, what we want to always drill into our kids' head is the faith. And that's why this podcast is Exists. important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why we're doing it. And so, like I said before, in order to make, in order for the podcast to have a genuine, authentic voice, our audience in our mind needs to be our children. Right. So that we don't speak hoping for approval. We're not going to sugarcoat what we're saying. No. And we're not... We're not going to worry about offending or hurting right. someone's feelings. Right. And it will be a voice of unconditional love and really a deep desire for good in what's being said. Mm-hmm. And hopefully other people will listen besides just our kids. And, <laughs> and maybe someone and else will be blessed. Maybe find it valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we should start just briefly mentioning our children. Mm-hmm. We both have two children, a boy and a girl, mm-hmm. um, each. Um, my son is 17, and my daughter is 14 and a half. They're roughly, I mean, our kids are roughly the same difference in age, although your son is the same age as my daughter. Right, so I have a son who's 14 and a daughter who's 12. Looks like she's seventeen. Yeah, they they all do. They, they all do. They all look much older. Yeah, all Amazons. They are giant <laughs> people. <laughs> they're, they're all. Yours are taller than you. Mine are taller than me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we're tall people. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
So another really important thing for me in doing this is because, like yourself, I am the spiritual head of my home. Correct. Mm-hmm. And in my situation, I don't have my husband, you know, raising the kids in the faith with me, right. nor my parents or their aunts and uncles. So I feel very alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Aside from the church, the body of Christ, you know, in our parish, but in our everyday life, I feel like, okay, this falls on me. In your family, you're the only, you're the only Christian or you, or is it that you're the only Orthodox Christian? I am the only Orthodox Christian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am, that's the same for me. And also the spiritual head of household. Right. Um. And it's a great responsibility. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility. So, in, in, I always think, well, if I, if I suddenly die, like, and if there's no one else speaking the faith to them, my kids will have this podcast. And they'll know <laughs> how I feel about all these different topics and right. what's so important. Right. And so, I, I don't know. All those it's, things that you, you may have wanted to say and didn't yeah and you might feel like they didn't get said and right or they weren't heard maybe at the time right yeah because i'm sure we said it a million times right but sometimes we don't necessarily have these in-depth conversations at length like yes we do talk to our kids about god and it's an ongoing thing but sometimes i'll be saying something with them and they're kind of like wait what and i assume that they know something and they don't and so it's just really important to me that um if I leave nothing else to them, it's first and foremost our faith. Mm-hmm. A life in Christ. A life in Christ, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to um, share a St. John Chrysostom quote, and it talks about the expectation on us as parents. And it says, Having children is a matter of nature, but raising them and educating them in the virtues is a matter of mind and will. And so I think just the fact that we're doing this podcast is showing a matter of mind and will. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel like, okay, we're on the right we're track. We're intentional. We're being we're intentional. intentional about Absolutely. This. <laughs> we're not being passive about raising our kids in, you know, like you said, to have a life in Christ. Right. Because you can't be. Can't, you can't do life without him. And what's scary is um, another quote was taken from Family Life Ministry. This was an article that was written in 2017, mm-hmm. and it says that up to 60% of Orthodox children are leaving the church and never returning to the faith. And I heard something else this week that confirmed that number. Really? And I mean, I wonder how they, they assess yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Because how old were the people that they surveyed and and how far along are they? I mean, they're not a lost cause yet, right? I mean, I mean they still could return. Of course. Um, but... I don't know how they gather the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the other podcast I listened to was discussing... They are raised in the church, baptized and raised in the church, and they're, they're just not coming back. Like, right. 
you know, apart after they leave their parents' home, they're right. not coming back with their own family as adults. Wow. And that's a huge number. That is. 60% is more than half. I do not want that for our kids. No. Right. At all. At all. So... I'm going to just go right into another St. John Chrysostom quote because it's that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it will just, uh, well, I'll just let him say it. Was it not I, the Lord will say to us, who gave place to these children in your family? Was it not I who entrusted them to your care, making you masters, guardians, and judges over them? Mm. I gave you complete authority over them. Mm. I placed all care for their upbringing in your hands. You will tell me that they did not want to bend their necks to the yoke and that they threw it off. But this should have been averted from the very beginning. You should have mastered their first impressions, placed the reins on them before they had the power to break away from them. St. John Chrysostom is so intense. Intense. I mean, I was trying to find the right word to describe, you know... um, what personality comes through and what he has to say, but but the conviction that he speaks with, and but it's so true. How serious it is! I mean, how this, serious it is! If the statistic is sixty percent walk away and don't come back, this it's very serious. That's and 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 what he's holding parents to in his, in that statement is very serious yes he's certainly admonishing parents mm-hmm. when i first read that I, i've read it so many times now right, but when i first right. read it, i was like whoa uh-huh. oh my gosh like the pressure is on right nothing else matters no no it's a little priority. scary absolute priority is the spiritual lives of our children oh my gosh yeah he is very intense, and I love the intensity of it, and I love I do, that I he do. speaks so clear like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure for some people it might be offensive or it might be too much, or mm-hmm. maybe they just feel overwhelmed and just dismiss it. But to me, it's like a very clear instruction right. of what I need to do. Right. And it kind of puts everything in perspective. So when I read that, and it's so clear, and it's such a high expectation as a parent. Yes. It clarifies for me daily life, I guess. Like, it, I don't find it to be, well, it is scary on some level. <laughs> but it makes other things fall away. In, in, in Like, insignificant worldly things. I'm like, whoa, don't waste my time because yes. this is what St. John says, and right. this is where my attention needs to right. go. So for me, it helps. It just helps clarify and keep me really on track. And I, I just love the, like the language that he uses and mm-hmm. the way he just cuts right through. He doesn't mince words. No, he doesn't mince no. words. <laughs> but it's awesome. He, oh, it is. It's, it, it is. Um, he holds us accountable yeah. in that. And, and rightly so. Because their spiritual lives are matter more than anything. Yeah. So there was something we talked about before and what they and I don't know if you were going to get to it later, but in in what the product of their lives we want to be the the, the spiritual the, we're looking to the spiritual product of their lives as opposed to financial or 
or worldly success. Right. Um, that doesn't matter. And it's not that it, it doesn't matter. It's just not as important. Right. And it, that will fall into place, actually, because, I mean, in Scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm. And all these things that the world chases after will be added to you. Exactly. I'm always reminded of that by my brother. But <laughs> it's a good reminder. Yes, it is. Right. So I think this is another St. John Chrysostom quote that you're... That goes we, along with Yeah, that, yeah, that right? goes along with what you're saying. Yeah. So he says, your children will always be sufficiently wealthy if they receive from you a good upbringing that is able to order their moral life and behavior. That's it. Thus strive not to make them rich, but rather to make them pious masters of their passions, rich in virtues. Teach them not to think up illusory needs, reckoning their worth according to worldly standards. Attentively watch their deeds, their acquaintances, ugh, and their attachments. <laughs> and this is the underline, and do not expect any mercy from God if you do not fulfill this duty. That's right. Okay, that one's a little Isn't scary. That crazy? <laughs> That's oh a little scary. Do not expect any mercy from God if you do not fulfill this duty. Okay, you know, he, he's... Uh, <laughs> God's mercy is, like, unfathomable. If that doesn't... <laughs> but, but... I But I do see the merit in what he's saying. In that... It is that important. Period. Attentively watch their deeds, their acquaintances, and their attachments. We only have two children. Ooh, girl, I can't imagine. Only two. Right. Like, that's nothing. Right. If I had three or four. Or five or ten. I wanted to have four. I can't imagine. <laughs> Attentively watch their deeds, their acquaintances, and their attachments. Deeds, that could be a full-time job right there. It is a full-time job. Like, we 40 hours a week. 40? How many waking hours are there <laughs> that our kids are... Oh, and if you don't do that, don't expect any mercy from God. Oh, my gosh. That is really intense, right? It is that's really why, intense. That's, that's why when a lot of people read St. John Chrysostom, <laughs> they recognize that his he speaks with such authority and... And, but it's like a moral smackdown. <laughs> does that intimidate you? Or do you, how does that make you feel when you hear that? It does intimidate me, but it also challenges me. Because I'm, okay, I have to step up my game. I have to rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge of, of the task that we have before us because, because we're called to be stewards of their lives. It's like any other investment or any other um, anything else that would be considered a priority to us. Their lives. And how and, easy is it, though, if you just sit back and look at just the world, people mm -hmm. you know that maybe aren't in church, how easy is it to just be so passive as a parent? It is easy. I mean, especially if no one says to you, hey, um, by the way, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're called to with your kids. This is what... I can think of people I know who it's like, hey, if my kid, you know, ate a meal today, 
it's it was a good day. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I know. Like, I don't care if they didn't brush their teeth as long as they brush their teeth once a week. It was oh. a good week. Oh gosh, I can't. I'm really, you know. Well, come on. You know, we're both kind of fanatical about dental hygiene. So <laughs> we we just can't go there. Um, and nutrition to a but certain degree too. All the responsibilities that it goes into parenting. Yes. Just in a in a worldly sense. But I'm way guilty of that. That's so. I mean, the meals, the you know, staying on top of them about dental hygiene and. You know, cleaning their room. And all that stuff is fine, but he's not saying that. He, there's no one here to say, attentively no. watch if your child flosses. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what does he say? What are the main things that he, he talks about? Strive not to make them rich, but rather pious masters of their passions. How hard is it to teach a teenager to be a pious master of his passions? I don't even want to talk about that right now. <laughs> Teenagers, not only, I I know, I know, and it's not like we live in in this bubble. My kids go to school with right. They, it's not like they go to a Christian school, they, no, or that or they're homeschooled, no. They go to a public school. Yeah, they go to a public school. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should have homeschooled. Uh, should have go to Woda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't look back on that. Um, I as as. Uh, the job is... The quote says... The job is big. Um, you know, when we know better, we do better. And that really... Yeah. I mean, if you, you, 10 years ago, you weren't reading John Chrysostom, St. John Chrysostom. Right. You, five years ago. Would you say you were reading him five years ago? I, I think I only started maybe, yeah. maybe five years ago in bits and pieces. I think in bits I, and pieces. I think right now I, I probably read him a little bit more, but... Um, I mean, even scripture, how much were you reading scripture 10 years ago, you know, as opposed to five years ago, as opposed to five days ago, you know, you're, we grow and we, we have to, we have to, we modify according to the new information that we're given. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I coming from a place of, you know, at the time of their birth not being a Christian at all. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Living like when I was pregnant, I was wait when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was waitressing. Mm-hmm. And there was a Christian that worked with me. Oh yeah. And she said to me afterwards, "You used to swear so much like a sailor that I feared for the baby inside you." She's like, I can't even, you don't, wow. it was just like flowing out of you. Wow. Yeah. So to go from that place. Yes. To now reading St. John Chrysostom and mm-hmm. being a member of the Orthodox Church. Right. That's a short time frame somewhat mm-hmm. to get all this stuff in order mm-hmm. with the kids. Right. And we have so much time ahead of us and yet yet you don't you feel the pressure you feel the time slipping through your fingers I mean um yes I'm I because my son is 17 I feel like I'm at launch state stage you are at launch stage it's it's you are right and so and like we talked about before 
And launch stage is... It gets... Mm. Parenting gets harder. Like, it's hard when they're tiny because you're tired and they're just so mm -hmm. darn needy. Yes, you're, like, you're doing everything. You're feeding them. You're changing them. You're taking them to the bathroom. You, it's you, just constant. You have to get them dressed, um, every, everything. And you have to hold their hand for everything. And it's like the first... It's like zero to seven. Those first seven years are so intense. And then... And then it's... And I think even younger than seven, probably, for me. Maybe five or six. Because I think four. my kids were much more independent yes. than their peers mm -hmm. at a younger age. Right. And then it was just like smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. Like really, really easy in terms of their behavior. And now that high school is about to start for my son, it's so different. Like right. things are changing and, and I feel like this is going to be... A whole new chapter of parenting for me that I feel very anxiety ridden about. Sometimes I will wake up in the middle of the night oh. just in a panic, like, oh man, what's coming? What's coming? Well, and that's where we have to pray. Um, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for home furnishings or like home decorations and I just got this I saw this little sign in the store and it said dust collectors it's, I, I know, no it's a little wall plaque and it says don't worry pray and and you know when I it's very it sounds very no simple, no I believe that but it's but that's exactly what it is I mean, we were just reading Sarah Wright um her blog and she was talking about how she woke up with this anxiety about her kids and their you know their future and she and she talked about how we just have to pray we I have to pray for that is the bottom line is prayer prayer that's the foundation mm -hmm. of all of it okay. yeah. i do think the anxiety though is useful in that it drives oh the motivation <laughs> a deep and genuine prayer Yes. Because uh, you can go to God and say, God, I am worried, and I don't want to be worried, and you you tell us not to be worried. Like this morning when I was praying for our kids, mm -hmm. and um, it was like every word like was had so much more of my heart in it mm -hmm. because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. But... But, you but know, God is bigger than that. People always say, like, I heard so much when the kids were small. Oh, well, it's nice to be home with your kids when they're little, but once they go to school, you know, it's no big deal. Or people have the mindset of, I know my husband certainly thinks this way. Well, they're older. They can basically raise themselves now. Yeah. You know. They can take care of themselves. We're just kind of providing food and, and shelter, room and board. And I'm like, N no. I don't think that way. I feel like I need to be far more present and like he said, mm -hmm. attentively watching their deeds, mm -hmm. their acquaintances, right. their attachments. Yes. And I can see all those things right. forming. And and it's so much more intense, as this to say again, um, to use yeah, that word again. Beat the word intense to I death. Know, I know, I know, right? Um, we need a thesaurus. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> I have more... I have more <laughs> I have better words than that. <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> um, but right now, um, just to think about raising our kids in the 21st century, 
compared to, you know, the late 20th century in yeah. our case. Um, oh, yeah, it's a whole it's, different It's different. World. I mean, when you talk about their attachments, their attachments. We put attachments right in their hands. Yes. At a young exactly. age. We're like, here, little one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tablet, phone. Yeah. Exactly. Laptop. <laughs> and they and there's their formation is or it involves those devices mm. if we allow it. But so that becomes part of their attachments as well as their peers and their peers, yeah. So we should talk about Things we're doing well mm. and right mm. and things that maybe we need to improve upon. Gosh. <laughs> in terms of raising our children to live a life in Christ. Mm-hmm. Do we want to start with the good or the bad? <laughs> <laughs> and the ugly. No. <laughs> um, I, to get right to it, I mean, the only thing that I can think of that I, that I do... If you could say do it right, I mean I, I know I do it, and it's and it's taking them to church. It's making sure that the liturgical life is very important, and but but I do feel like it's relegated to just Sunday, mm. whereas that building of the little church in the home could be a part of our daily, our daily worship. And it's not. So yes, we do have liturgical life, and I feel like that is that's good. I'd like to improve upon that <laughs> by making it a daily, a daily thing with my children, not just my own prayer life, but right. a prayer life in the home with our family. Mm-hmm. That's intentional, and mm-hmm. and and what do you think? Constant stops. We're, we're kind of going back and forth a little bit, but what do you think prevents you from doing that with the kids in the house? Having such a crazy schedule, not having, not, not setting the time or making, or, or making that a discipline for our lives and doing that daily at the same time every day arranging our schedule so that we do have that family time first in the morning i mean midday obviously midday prayers and midday worship is not going to happen corporately mm-hmm. as a family mm-hmm. but at least not during the school year right <laughs> um and even during the summertime you know with the kids working their summer jobs and you know um and just being in, in different directions as a family in general how do we make that a priority that, okay, first thing in the morning, this is what we're going to do. We're going to begin our day with worship together. And, and that assumes you all get up at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And, and then at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, does that center around dinner? Does that center around bedtime? Does that, yes, that assumes we all go to bed at the same time or we all have dinner at the same time, which is, that's another thing I'd like to do. <clears throat> that is not something that we're consistent with either. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are consistent with making church a priority. That's right. And I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Church is a priority, and I Amen. hate when I'm put in situations where 
I feel like I have to make that choice. Oh my gosh. I'm like, why, why am I in this situation? Mm-hmm. It should never be an issue. Mm-hmm. But that's the way the world that's is. That's the way the world is. But my kids know, and they, they definitely have been through periods of griping. Like, oh, <laughs> we have to go to church. Can't we just sleep in? You know, mm-hmm. that battle has happened. But sure. now, as I've become more solid... It just goes without saying. Right. So those, there's no more whining or complaining or, oh, church is boring or nothing. They just right. get up, they get dressed, they go. Like, Amen. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. It is awesome. It would be wonderful if that just always remains their practice mm-hmm. every single Sunday. That is our prayer. That's our prayer. Um, I can think of other ways that we are... Doing a decent job. <laughs> Not according to St. John Chrysostom standards. But <laughs> I know. Uh, so, like, serving at church. Mm. That's a big one. Like, we definitely expect our kids to serve at church. Right. right. That is part of... There's no... They're, they're not allowed to just, like, show up and leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always get there early. Yep. You do. Um, and we get there early, about an hour early... Carter goes right to the broom now because he knows he has to sweep the floor in the That's church great. hall. You don't even have to yeah. ask him to do it. I don't have to ask him to do it anymore. And, awesome. you know, my daughter will help me in the kitchen getting coffee ready for fellowship hour and everything and taking out the trash, serving as altar servers, yes. doing the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I expect them right. to participate at church yes. and to serve and to help. And I never waver in that. Like, oh, you can have the day off. Never. No. no. Never. And I, so that's one way that I think we're very solid. Mm-hmm. Oh, another really big one is sending them to camp every oh, summer. yes. We kill it in that area. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> camp is awesome. Yeah, we send our kids to the Antiochian Village camp in Pennsylvania and they now this is like their fifth year going yeah and I can't believe that That's I so, know but it was so awesome five years have gone by yeah. but like that's a non-negotiable for both of us right like you are going to camp absolutely and we want that experience right. for them and and they griped the first couple of years when yeah. camp came up and it was time to go like oh do I have to go again but without fail when they come home they are so excited yes about their experience there, the two weeks they were there, you know. It's the, very transformative. It is. It really is. I don't is. think your kids complained as much. Um, Carter had, like, yes. he came home that first year, yeah. and he was just elated. And then the next year, his sister was old enough to go with him. Right, right. So they went together. And even though they said good things about it, I would say there was probably at least two, maybe three years of the moment they came home, they would talk about how great it was. Right. But then they would complain. When the time from came to go June, again. yes, all the way until the following July. Oh no, because they went in July, no, no, no. so it was July. Yeah. And when they came home, they would just complain, "We're never going back. Don't send us there." Right. I'd say in December, "Oh, registration started." Yes. And, and they'd be like, that's "Don't bother." <laughs> that's when it starts. Because when they come home initially, they really had a good time, and they really. At least mine did. They always come home. Yeah. And especially this year, they came home so passionate and yep. so excited and just 
Yeah. So I think, well, I guess it's like with all things, you have to push through. You have to yes. keep going. You have to stick to your guns. I mean, it's the same you with a diet, be, whatever it right, is. You have to be faithful. You just have you to be consistent. Consistent. Faithful and consistent. You know that you know that you know what you're doing is right. That it's edifying. And that I'm telling you, good. I knew that I knew that I knew, but my daughter, man, she, uh, she like Why almost overturned me at one point. I could feel my knee start to shake and I was like, <gasps> Like you were going to cave. You I, were going to cave. Yeah, I was, remember thinking... <laughs> If it's that bad this year, because I had listened to an entire year of complaining, right? I don't think I'll do it again, maybe. And I started, like, having these thoughts in my head, like, oh, I won't make her go again. And then I would be like, no, stop (laughs) thinking like that. Like, I'm not usually that weak-minded. sway you. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, push through. And like you said, this year was really not, not... that the other years weren't equally no, as but good. But it just seems like it, it seems like they settled in. It's exponential, and it is and it, exponential for sure. They've learned so much every time, and and they've built connections. Yeah, the relationships that they look forward to right. each year. Right. And that place. Really if I yeah. So here I was complaining in the beginning of the podcast, like, poor me, I'm raising my kids alone in the faith. But honestly, like AV camp. Some it kids the never go. The they never have that experience. Mm-hmm. That makes up for anything I'm lacking yeah. Yeah. the rest of the year. It's incredible. Yeah. I am it so is. grateful it that is. we learned about that and that they go every year. Yes. And so hopefully exciting. they'll go on to become counselors and then they'll meet their spouse there and it'll just be this <laughs> fairy tale ending. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> So, right, other areas. Moving on. Uh, I have a few notes here. Being examples of modesty, which... Ooh, did we talk about that? You dress like a Mormon, so that Are is you kidding super me? Super modest. Are you, like, me? Yeah, you. You think... Now, I, what's really... My husband used to say I, I dressed marmishly. Yes. Marmish? Yeah, which like, is, like a, a mom. Like a school marm. That's where the term comes from. I've never heard School that marm, M-A-R-M, I think. Is that yeah, a mom like, that's Mormon? No, it's oh. a marmish thing. It's a, it's um, it's very uh, puritanical, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's you. <laughs> I don't think that I dress that way, particularly since I love maxi dresses, and <laughs> and those tend to show a okay. lot of shoulder. You dress like a Mormon, <laughs> and you're How is that? you're killing it in the modesty department. That's um, funny. that's really funny. I feel like I dress very modest. I I think you dress very barely modest. show anything other than a forearm. I always show. So. I always show show shoulders and and wear straps or not straps but tanks, and so I don't think that's very modest. In but. church, okay. I mean, yes, we should obviously be examples of modesty at all at times, all times right? for sure. Right. Yes, but I think in church, you you know, you definitely take it up a notch. And expect our children to. Like, well, yeah. that's the big thing is, um, Mia, my daughter, if you're listening, like, this is the voice of your mother. <laughs> you will never wear spaghetti straps in church. It's not happening. Not on my watch. She knows she has to dress a certain way. I don't think I ever let my daughter wear spaghetti straps at all. Hmm. Church or not. Yeah. But 
She'd like to try to get away with it. <laughs> yeah, see, Mia's very modest right she now. Is, she right. she's She is just that way. She wants yeah. to keep herself covered, so yeah, that's good. But it's mm-hmm. important, and that could be a whole entire other topic, but right. that's one thing that really matters, and I think that we are intentionally... We're being mm, intentional about it. Yeah, modeling that, for mm-hmm. sure. To our kids and just to the parish in general, too. That's mm-hmm. important. You know, to kind of be an example mm-hmm. to others. Yeah. What about um, talking to your kids about God? Like, do you talk about God with your kids every day? I think so. I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not intentional about that. Um, but I think that comes up in conversation. It, I mean. If there's, if there's, we, well, we do, we do pray at least once a day Mm -hmm. together and we do try to, try to do, if not a devotional, share scripture of some, some point or some part. Um, There's a, there's a five minute podcast I like to listen to um, from Father Barnabas Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on, it's on the Antiochian website. Um, it's not on from the, ancient faith. It's on ancient faith, yeah. But then I think they have it. They have a link to it mm-hmm. from from the, the Archdiocese website. Um, but he's like his podcast is about five minutes long. It's um, Faith and Courage Daily. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of and that. And so I try to listen to that with them, yeah. and and we have. We'll have maybe a brief conversation about that. So that is, you know... Okay, so you are intentionally talking to your children about God every day. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I do do it intentionally. Um, But it's just something I like to include. Do you ever feel like... I, I, I started to think... Do you ever think you can talk to your kids... Too much about God. I knew God. that I was going to say that. <laughs> and obviously, I th- I believe no, right? Like, right, totally. However, from their point of view, or if you just think about, all right, let's say you have a friend. I can think of a person I know mm-hmm. who every time I see this person, all they talk about is their ailments. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Every single time, I'm just thinking to myself, oh, here she comes, like. You know, what doctor did she just visit? What, right. you know, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. another issue. Does it ever get to a point where we're talking about God so much to our kids that they start to tune it out? And oh. do we just override that? And in some ways that might be pushing them away. Like, oh, here we go again. Like, all you ever do is talk about God. Yeah, where right? maybe I've gotten that. I've gotten that. Yeah. You know, the eye roll. We're now shutting them off mm-hmm. to what? I wonder Or do that. we just power through and say, oh, well, this is what we're supposed to do, and we don't care if you don't like it, and we're just going to talk about it anyway. I think well, it's more the second. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I think I'm, I'm trying to find a balance in that because cause I know what you're talking about. I've gotten the eye roll. I've gotten the, you know, we're going to talk about this again, and... Um, yeah, we are. <laughs> because, I mean, 
number one, um, that's my responsibility. I've got to answer to God for that. Thank you. <laughs> I've got to answer to God for what I taught you, for what I Have you ever said that you. to your kids? Because I've said that to my kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I only I think I've only said it once. Um, but it was it was a moment where I was like, you know what? This I am gonna keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. So don't get don't ever think that mom is gonna back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important. It's important. I mean you can say you're gonna tune it out or or but I, I don't think they're going to reject it. Have you ever had, an, as a kid, when you were a kid, a relationship with an adult who was trying to speak into your life from a place of love and concern? And I tuned them out. And you rejected everything they said. Or just the maybe the dynamic between them wasn't necessarily healthy, and so the information couldn't pass smoothly. That's a very good question. And I, I don't think I've ever had that experience. Oh, but I could, I, I could see that happening for someone. Can you? Yeah, can I, you? I can relate to that, for sure. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's what's happening with myself and my children. Right. But I think having experienced that, you're concerned about I am aware of it mm-hmm. and so I hmm. agree with you that God needs to be spoken about every day and I do make a point to speak about right. God in the church and faith to the point where my kids are like ma not everybody is an orthodox Christian not everybody's gonna live and I said that's fine and but I'm not everybody's mother right. I'm yours right and this is what I need to say to you but at the same time I'm trying to be respectful of I guess where I'm assuming they are or where I was at that age and wanting to engage them in a way that they want to participate as well. I know exactly what you're trying to say. I I know exactly what you're saying. Um, And it was a concern for me. I mean, I think it still is. I still think about it. Um, But... The potential for, and I, I do think about it because my kids do make comments sometimes where I think to myself, oh my gosh, where did that come from, you know, and, and am I losing them? <laughs> Are they going to fall away? Right. Um, am, am I pushing them away? Mm-hmm. I, I, do, I do think about it, you know, particularly when they make those comments, like, not everybody's a Christian, not everybody's an Orthodox Christian, but the thing is, and that's why I have to co- keep coming back to, is, you know, as much as I know my son loves soccer, and I, I look for ways to bring in, to bring up things that I know he loves and, and wants to talk about, or, or to, to see where he's at with his favorite player, or his favorite team, or how they're doing in the season, or... You know, with the World Cup just having gone by, you know, mm. I know how invested he was. And and so as much as I would talk about those things, because I know how important they are to him, I want to make sure I talk about the things of God, because they are 
regardless of whether he acknowledges how important they are to him, I want to make sure that they are brought up. You know what I think helps is when we have had discussions, you and I, with all the kids, Mm -hmm. or even just myself and the kids, if you're not there, it's, I think, and I could be wrong, but I find it, I find my kids to be more receptive and more engaging, generally. Like, even tonight, they were doing it while we were eating dinner. Yeah. They started talking about, um, you know, saying a blessing before eating, and then it turned into this whole conversation about, our deacon who says a blessing and they just kind of kept going on and on. And so I find that when we're in in more of a community having those conversations, Mm -hmm. they're way more enthusiastic and much more engaged and they keep it going. And so not that I don't do it at home. I absolutely Mm -hmm. do. But, and sometimes they are engaged, but their level of enthusiasm isn't always the same. And, and I'm doing it alone here. Right. And so that's why I really, like when we can be together absolutely or you know when we are at church we have fellowship time when right. we are in a community we can have discussions about yes and so well, they're just, hearing it from other people right they're seeing other adults and other kids living it and and so they it's know not just mom's a talking head <laughs> right and so they know no not everyone is an orthodox christian but here they are yes. here are your family here are your here is your community of other believers yeah and you can still you can talk about about it with them that's the big thing at camp too is yeah. at camp there it's full immersion in yes not only talking about god but being with other believers their own age too which is not something that they're obviously our church to. is so tiny yes the only kids that they have that are their age is like Three other kids, like right. somewhere in the same mm-hmm. age range. Right. So at camp, it's like, oh, okay, there mm-hmm. are other kids out there. Like, right. we're not alone in this, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Right. Because that's not happening at school, at least not at my kids' school. No. Oh, or in the neighborhood. No. Nope. Or on not the sports the team. Not at school. No. 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 <laughs> extended family, but, you know, we're not always with our extended family. So. Right. So uh, moving on to ways that we're really falling short. We'll end on a high note. (laughs) I'm not falling short, but needs improvement. Needs improvement. These are the things that we're finding challenging. Things that we're growing in. Yes. Things that we're... Yeah. So um, for me, I would say... I'm looking at my little list here, and the first one that jumps out at me... Oh gosh! Is not being vigilant enough about what they listen to on the radio. Oh my god! And that is a that's a tough one. It's really tough because, and you know what? Because I know that you're not strict about it. Because I feel like you're like Christian super mom. Whatever. Oh my gosh! I (laughs) was like, oh well, if she's. If she's letting her kids listen to that music, yeah, and then I found and myself like that's that's <laughs> no. where we really we have to hold each other accountable in in that you know where iron sharpens iron. I have to yeah. 
So right. Karen, Karen, no, I'm not doing a good job holding, you know, um, with monitoring their music. They have obviously and, now they have playlists. So right, my and son can, is far more obsessed with music. He has a playlist. He's always got the earbuds in. Right. Well, the other day, I'm driving and I'm listening to Spotify. Right. He logs on to Spotify at home, so I get kicked off, but I can hear what he's listening to. Right. Same. So, and I knew I didn't want to know what he was listening to, and so I'm listening to some of it, right? And so I call him, and I'm like, what are you listening to? First of all, you booted me off of Spotify. (laughs) So, wait. Unacceptable. (laughs) No, right. And he says, I said, do you really think that that's a good selection of music? Mm -hmm. And he said, that's how, something to the effect of, that's how all my jams sound. And I said, well, maybe all your jams need to be replaced with something else. Right. And he said, I don't let things like that influence me. And I was like, oh, here we go. He really thinks he isn't influenced by those things. And I understand why he thinks that. I've I've thought that. Like, mm-hmm. I know right from wrong, and I won't be swayed, oh and it doesn't gosh, have an we impact. Think yeah, that if we I'm can, not can... saying it, I'm just listening. And I was yeah. like, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. This is tiring. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 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 responsibility or the I'll use this word mantle that I feel being a parent is so I, I it feels overwhelming. It is overwhelming. It, that that I have to monitor their Snap, and I have to monitor their Instagram, and I have to monitor their email, and I have to model, monitor their access to the web in general and technology. And then I have to monitor their playlist on Spotify <laughs> or you, Pandora like, or whatever it is. I'm pretty sure St. John Chrysostom wouldn't be like, yeah, it's okay. Like he Absolutely he not. He just told like, us. What are you talking about? So what That's are we supposed to do right now? That is an attachment. How do we go in and take that away and turn that around? How do we do that right now? Waiting for you to give me the answer, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm giving you that look like, um, well, I mean, and to do it, it's going to be. I mean, if I were to go and tell my son, no, you can't listen to this music. I'm taking I'm taking your playlist away, or what? I'm ca- I'm canceling your playlist. What? Do could I even do that? Yeah, how do I do that? You could do it. it I would, could do it. Yeah. But, but, it would be a battle. So, But it would be a battle, and, and so it would be a battle. And is that a battle that I want to choose to do? Because I have, and that I think that's what it boiled down to for me, because I let it go too far too long. Right. If you can hold back the reins right. Right. now, because your son is three years behind my son. Right. If, you, if I had... I don't know where it happened in those three years. I let it in. And that is something you want to be mindful of, Mm. is letting things into your home, letting things into your kids' lives. You know, I'm going to say you have no excuse because, no, I'm kidding. No, I don't. No, I'm like, so this is where I I really struggle with, I obviously agree with you. Like, we shouldn't be letting this in. But I have a husband who thinks 
it's no big deal and stop being such a control freak and you know all these things what the heck's wrong with you it's just music and who's fighting the other side right right so i have to have that battle yeah and then if my son hears that between Mm -hmm. his father and i Mm -hmm. he's got ammo Mm -hmm. oh yeah you can't even do that in front of your kids and john my husband will just say... My husband was like that What do you too. want them to be complete and total social outcasts and not even know any modern music and blah, 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 blah? My husband was like that too. I mean, he had... My husband had what are, all kinds of playlists. He, he very, had varied taste in music. And, and I... Yeah, and so it was hard to... to say, okay, Dad can listen to whatever he wants to listen to. But, but you can't. What do you listen uh, to? Do you listen to a wide variety or you only listen to gospel? You're kidding, right? All you listen to is gospel. My kids, no. Don't the change Q. the station. The Q99.7 <laughs> is locked. Wait, so wait, I just have to tell you what I did. The kids, <laughs> because in the, in, inevitably, I, they would get in the car first in the morning and they would put on whatever music they wanted to put on. Of course. And as soon as they come out of the house and get in the car, they change it back. But sometimes they wouldn't. And when I got in the car, I'd give them the worst mother look yeah, ever. Right. I was like, what do you think this is? Who are you? Who do you think I am? And so so they had their presets on the station. I'd have my 99.7 preset, and they had their presets. And Or I just had other stations preset, like the news or something mm-hmm. else. Um, and because Stick plays gospel in the morning on Sundays, so I'll have that preset too. One morning, I they had done that, and they got out the car to go to school. I said, I'll fix them. I preset all Every of them one. to 99.7. So they got in the car one morning, and they tried to do that preset. Mom wins. I was like, yes. Ten moms. Score. Zero. It was funny, though. Uh, Bishop, yeah, Bishop John told a story. It might have been at the last Parish Life Conference. But he said, he was talking about driving in the car with a teenager. And he said, you know how when you get in the car, the very first thing they do is turn Touch on the radio, radio right. as if they own it. Right. And you know what? Yeah. He might have borrowed this from somebody because I'm pretty sure I heard this in a podcast. And <laughs> he said, he, let's say he was in the car with his daughter. And he said, all right, this is the deal. You can listen to your station on the way and yeah. I'll listen to mine on the way back. Yes. And so he let her listen to whatever it was. Interesting. And then on the way back they got in the car and she's like, All right, what do you listen to? And he's like, We're not listening to anything. And she's like, No, you have to. That's the rule. And he was wow. like, No, I get to decide and we're listening to nothing. And so then I they probably talked about God. Sure. You know, sure, in sure. that time frame. Right. Yeah. But it is just. But funny, also, like, just the value of silence too. That's huge, right? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> the value of silence is big, <laughs> and I will like today because I've told you this before. I'll bribe my kids and make them walk with me to the corner store, just so they get exercise, so they get out of the house, and they're not allowed to like listen to music or anything. And of course, we always have conversations yes. that need to happen right in the silence mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. you know the alone time right which and, is really important and the car is a good place for that it is when you're not listening to music right but 
So I will say you you were just talking about the earbuds and the mm. phone. I had to, I had to break my son of that because he would get in the car and put his earbuds in, and yep. so I would want to have conversations, or I definitely would have conversations with my daughter in the car, but he'd always have his. Yes. And so that exchange that goes on as a family. Yes. Was not going on as a family. Do you think boys are more prone to that? It's possible. I'm curious. Being being researched, I mean, research has said they're less verbal. Tend to be just my nice observation, and, yeah, and it's based on nothing, is the the boys are more likely to very quickly put the headphones in and mm-hmm. into just that. kind of they live their life plugged into the headphones. Right. Or my son will walk around with one headphone in and one out and like have a conversation with me. Yes. And <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yes. <laughs> But at the same time, it's not that I don't want them to listen to music. Music is a beautiful thing. But. Absolutely. But I tend, one thing that I tend to feel about music is that it really, music is so emotional and it so, is. it's so in tune with who you are as a human being. I think God really made something when he made music. Well, because we're going to be singing his praises for all of eternity. Right. Isn't that why we're so touched by music? That's what I always thought. Because music is so impactful, and it takes you to a place in a it blank. It takes you to a place in a blank. And it touches about- you in ways nothing else can. And I feel like it's because we will be singing glory to God mm-hmm. with the angels. Right. That's why I think it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if it's not the right music, it can be powerful in a bad way. So, okay, we both need to get on that. <laughs> Absolutely right. <sighs> okay. We'll do an update. So, we're going to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, is there anything like pressing that you want to say? Aaron? I do want to okay. say that my daughter came back. You know, she went to um, yes. AV. For, well, they all went to AV for camp for two weeks. Then she went back for youth leadership training. And she was there for like five days. She came home just so excited about chant. Oh, yeah. And she just wanted us all she wanted to listen to. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was really powerful for me. It was like, that was... You know, with all the frustrations I'm having with listening to music and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her coming home and saying, oh, Mom, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And and now, like, from, from one extreme to the other, I had one listening to, he had a, would go to sleep with his earbuds in. Oi. Listening to. Cardi B. <laughs> Who knows what. Who knows what. Oh. And I would have to go and pull them out. My daughter is playing chanting to go to bed. Yeah. And that just... So it's beautiful. I'm going to tag on that. <laughs> and, you know, we I listen to music with the kids in the car, and a song come on, and be like, oh my gosh, love this song. Yeah, yeah, play, yeah, whatever. Well, we were going this past June to the Parish Life Conference, and I was with my two kids and your daughter. Yep. And we, we walk in, you know, we check in and register and everything. And then we went to the sanctuary. And as we get closer, you could hear the chanting. Oh. And my daughter 
literally jumped out of her skin with excitement. She's like, oh my gosh, this is the same chant we sing at camp and just went right into it. And it was like I've never seen See, her so touched, yes, yes, by touched. the music. And thank goodness it was a chant. But I mean, it is—it's so incredible and it's so beautiful. And I have not enough at all. But I have—I'll cha- put on Spotify mm-hmm. and I will put on Gregorian chant because yes. it's on there. Yes. And just set that tone so when they come down in the morning, that's playing. What a difference that has. Right. Amen to that. That needs to happen more often. I like that. I think I'm going to do that. Or when I've just had enough of whatever they're listening to in the background. Right. I'm like, I overrule. Like, I pay the bills. It's my laptop. Move over. (laughs) And just put that on. Right. And when they were little, when when we first came to the church, I used to listen to contemporary Christian music a lot more. Yes. And that was always playing. Right. And I've sort of lost a taste for that. Uh-huh. And so, because personally, I just listen to podcasts all the time. Right, right. So there's not a lot of music playing. You're listening to the word. Yeah. So what I need to, to do more of, because that contemporary music isn't play- They were listening to that all the time when they right. were small, but it's mm-hmm. just get the chant going in the house right. more often. Right. Because music is beautiful. I mean, it does, it does touch yeah. us in so many ways. I mean, almost as if our, as humans, we crave it. Yeah. We do want to hear music. So. Absolutely. Why not, you know. It's so powerful. And there's nothing more powerful than than the hymns. If you're going to play it. Yeah. I can remember watching, well, a couple different movies, but one, um, oh my gosh, Macaulay Culkin, I can't. Home Alone. Yes. And I don't even remember what year that came out. But I, you know, watched the movie. It was popular at the time. And there's a scene where he walks into a church and they're singing Oh Holy Night. Yes. And as a kid, that just made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I was like, (gasps) like, Uh and I look back now and I'm like, wow, God was like getting my attention through that movie in that scene in the church. Because it was, it just stood out. Wow. Like, the whole world just lit up when I heard that song and he walked in and that yeah. was just me watching a movie. But it's so powerful. It really is. So powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's why we really need to consider what we're letting our kids listen to because when my son tells me he's not being influenced by it. Huh. And he, I know he believes that. He believes that, but... But mother knows best. And that <laughs> is just not the case. You, you do know. I wish you could separate it that easily. The only reason why we know is because we've lived it. Because we've done it. We've been influenced by things we didn't want to be influenced by. Right. Right. And thought oh that gosh. we could. There's no way. I mean, when I, hear, when I hear songs that I listened to in college, I hear songs I listened to in high school that were just... Yeah, put you right back in the... Put you right back there in an instant. Yeah. Some scenes I wish never to relive, and it'll take you right back there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you communicate that to our kids? <laughs> well, we just have to lead by example, I guess. And pray. I mean, We're again. not going to go back. Yeah. We're, we're not going to never go back to the prayer thing. Right. The it's praying. Because even when... Without we, it, nothing else is going to be set in motion. Because we don't know what to say. We don't know what yes. to do. Even if we, you know, with whatever we say and do. Or before whatever we say and do, mm. we have to pray. Pray.
pray that God will give us the words to say, will lead us in what we need to do. Right, because there's the story of the mother who went to the church elder and said, help me, help me, my son's gone astray. And what did he say to her? Show me your calloused knees. Exactly. That's our job. Yep. Prayer. So, in closing, I wanted to suggest a book and a podcast um, on the, the topics that we've been discussing. So, the podcast is one that you and I both listen to. So, if you, go, if you Google um, Acquiring the Mind of the Church, the title on Godly Marriage... Mm, yes it's um it'll be like the first result that comes up it's from ancient faith ministries and it's father josiah Josiah trenum yes and even though it's titled on godly marriage when i listened to it maybe because i'm already married i wasn't i wasn't seeking the information for myself going into marriage yes i was listening to it for my children. children And so that's how I heard everything that that's he said. Right. Yes. But he will give you a John Chrysostom smackdown. He sure does. How <laughs> to raise your kids and how to marry them off. Right. So that's a really, uh, really good podcast if you are interested in, you know, mm-hmm. just more, but better. Yeah. <laughs> Way more, but way better. And then the book, I haven't read this book, but it was recommended by the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese. It is called Orthodox Christian Parenting, Cultivating God's Creation. It's by Marie L. Eliades, E-L-I-A-D-E-S. And that's published by Zoe Press. If you Google Zoe Press, you can buy it through them. And it's a compilation of quotes and writings about raising and educating Orthodox Christian children. So I haven't read it, but it sounds really good. It does. And it's just, you know, from mm. an expert, not just right. two, what are they called? Marmons? <laughs> Marmish moms. Marmish moms. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so until next time. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Oh